Welcome to the Busy Pastor Podcast. If you're interested in leadership and ministry coaching, go to busypastor.org slash coaching. Join the Busy Pastor community today by going to busypastor.org, filling out the form, and you will receive more free resources, starting with our Fab Five resource, helping you determine the five things only you can do. My name is Greg Gibson. Here's my co-host, Trent Stewart, the lead pastor at Foothills Church. And today we're talking about multi-site. All right. Man, 29 episodes in is pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thank you for, for, for tuning in, for, for listening. Uh, welcome new listeners. And uh, man, let's get right into the content because there's a lot to talk about mm-hmm. when it comes to multi-site. Tons. Uh, I mean, not only the theory behind it, but we are living in that world right now. Mm-hmm. We're stepping into that space now. Learning a lot. And yeah, we're learning a lot and uh, we're getting our hands dirty with it. And, um, and you know, we're launching a, a new location in, in, in weeks at this point. And mm-hmm. so uh, this is fresh content. <laughs> and so Trent, let's get right into the why of yeah. multi-site. Why are we doing multi-site? Yeah, well, I mean, that is the most important question. Why do we do this? And so, you know, when you think about it, is it just cool? Is it just trendy? Is it just, you know, the thing that everybody's kind of doing now? Um, And so you wrestle with all of that. Um, And we have been wrestling with all of those questions for, you know, many, many years now, as this is not a a new thing. Uh, Thousands of churches are doing this now. But I think for us, it, the reason comes down to we want to make disciples. And right. so our, our vision, you know, really dialing in on developing mature disciples of Christ in relational environments. And so that's why we want to do it. We, we, we believe that um, our, our church can reach people with the gospel and grow people in their faith. And so uh, that has to be the why, I think. And uh, for us, it is the why. Yeah, it definitely is the why, you know, and and so um, uh, pastors listening are going to say, well, what about church planting, multi-site, you know, are those both both in the same? Uh, how do we define that? And, uh, you know, for us, um, how are we involved in both church planting and multi-site? Yeah, well, I mean, both are important and we need both. And so I think that we... Yeah, it's not either or. It's not either right. or. I think no matter, you know, what, what church you're in... Uh, we need to think about you know how we can partner with and help churches get planted, and how we can you know help churches become multi-site, whether our church or another church that we can help financially. And so, you know, for us, you know, we're, we're Southern Baptist Church, so we are giving to the North American Mission Board, which is planting churches all over North America. And so we uh, have been a part of of sending guys like you to to plant churches, and we we've been partner churches like in, in that uh, vein, and. So so pray and and know that we'll still continue to do those kinds of things and and and, and so at the same time you know multi side is is being effective in in the country and I think all over we're, we've seen signs that this can be done well we've seen churches that have struggled we've talked to many of them learning from many of them that you know uh, have said watch out for these things and yeah. this this is you know helpful this is not so much helpful and so yeah we we're learning through all of that and um I think at the end of the day that that why you know drives us and so that's why we would do both church planning and multi-site 
Yeah, I mean, I can speak from experience here, being a part of both ends of the spectrum, and so can you now, right? Mm -hmm. Planting foothills Mm -hmm. and now moving into Mm multi-site church planting and now uh, moving into this multi-site season. And in in so many ways, when you are church planting, you know, you are are doing it. You're in survival mode, Mm -hmm. and you're kind of taking something new and... And potentially going to a you know a completely different context, right? Mm-hmm. For us, you know, when we are thinking about reproducing what is working here at Foothills, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're, we're we're thinking through the lens of of man resource stewardship, mm-hmm. uh, the the staff that God has given us, mm-hmm. the gift sets that surround our team, and ultimately. Uh, a context that needs a church like ours, yeah, right? Right. And 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 doing some research and saying where are pockets in our city mm-hmm. that are that are unchurched and need need just gospel yeah. movement. Exactly. And you know, obviously, we're in the southeast, so to say unchurched, a lot of people will think, well. Everybody, you know, goes to church or is familiar with church, or there's plenty of churches in this in that particular area, and we get all of that. You know, sure. there there are churches everywhere, but the the areas that we're trying to dial in on are areas that don't have churches that are like us. Not that not because we're better than anybody, but we are different than other people. Right? right. Your church is different from the church down the road because of the culture and the and the focus and the vision and all those kinds of things. And so we're not trying to be bigger or better than anybody. Um, we're just trying to be who we are. Right. And ultimately, this comes from a burden. And that burden was just put in my heart, um, you know, many years ago for a certain area in Knoxville. And as we've done research, like you said, a lot of unchurched people, you know, statistically, we've read the, the the reports. A lot of people who are not attending church, a lot of de-church people in that area. Um, it is um, a, a growing multi-ethnic area, and so we look at that, and we also look at well, there's not really a church that looks or feels or does what we do, and so all of that goes into play as to you know why we would do that and uh, how we got to that point. Yeah, and I think it's so important to think about uh, just the the philosophy of multi-site through mm-hmm. that lens, right? Um, because as as we're thinking about reproducing what we're doing here, um, and I, I really think it's a stewardship issue when mm-hmm. when you kind of begin to remove the layers. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're listening and you're in a growing church and you're thinking about what's next for you. Uh, I, I would challenge you to think about reproducing your resources this way, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a way of, of okay, who, who's around my table, mm-hmm. who's in, in our leadership pipelines and, uh, and, and in our cities and in mm-hmm. communities that are close to us, um, where do churches need to be started that are like ours, Yeah, you know? Uh, and, and you don't have to be a big church to, to do this. There are many churches who you might consider smaller churches, you know, under 500 that are starting multiple campuses. And so I don't think size needs to determine it. I think health needs to determine it, you know. And so if you're a church that, you know, is healthy and, you know, you are big enough to be able to financially pull this off. Right. But you're also healthy enough to, to launch a campus that, or, you know, or a church that would, you know, be able to reach uh, new people. Uh, a 16-year-old can, um, 
you know, make a baby, but it's not advisable, right? So you don't want to be a church that's not ready to do something like this. And so you right. do need to be healthy and um, you want to reproduce what's happening. Uh, I think the wrong avenue or the wrong angle would be to say, okay, well, if we start this campus, then it's going to grow our current church. Yeah. That's, that's not the right thing. Or if we start this uh, location, it's going to fix, you know, the issues that we have. Well, no, that's not, that's not, it's not going to fix unhealthiness to start something new. You really want it to be about reproducing what you have. And so you do have to get to a point to where what you, what you are doing is, is working to some degree. Right. And you have bandwidth financially, you have bandwidth as far as vision and you have bandwidth as far as people to be able to move into this, this uh, direction. So one of the questions I get nine times out of 10 when I'm talking with someone about multi-site is the question uh, after, you know, well, why are you doing multi-site instead of not church planting? And, you know, going back to that both and we Mm -hmm. want to be about both. both. But the second question is what's it going to look like? Mm -hmm. Is it going to be video? Is it going to be live teaching? And, and in this conversation, uh, almost 100% of the time when someone's asking me questions about it, that's what they're asking. They want to know, right? What, and, and why did you land on a certain philosophy or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or way to do you know, teaching um, yeah. than the other? And so talk about that for a second and you know, your process of going into that. Well, that was for me a, a few years um, because if you were to ask me three years ago how we would do it, it would actually be different than where we're at today. And I think for me, it was, you know, I was, I was reaching out to people all over the country who were doing this and having these conversations and talking through it. And after, you know, multiple conversations with multiple leaders that have done this, you know, I began to formulate what, what I thought would be the best fit for us. And so I think there, I think it's good to have churches that are doing it differently mm-hmm. um, because there's no, you know, specific right way when it comes to this in, in the sense of should you do video or should you do live teaching? And what's the, you know, some people might even say this is the biblical approach. You have to do it this way. And it's like, eh, well, scripture has given us freedom in how we're doing this and technology has helped us, you know, um, begin to frame this a little bit differently. And so I think it's just going to be different for everybody and it's going to be a process that you need to feel like okay this is what I feel like God is is leading us to do and so it's going to be different for different people yeah I think so and I think it's going to be different based on the lead pastor's gift set it's going mm-hmm. to be you know different based on the size of their church yeah um, it's going to be different based on their context right so mm-hmm. I mean if 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 we're trying to reproduce ourselves into a context that's not normally, uh, you know, or like the one that we're in now. Yeah, you know, um, we're we're probably gonna think through that lens, you know. So there's lots of questions that mm-hmm. surround how do we reproduce ourselves. Another one is like, how many locations do you plan to do? Yeah. So if you're trying to do, you know, X, if you're trying to do five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, is like the ultimate like goal that you see yourself, you know, reaching for over the next you know, 10 years, then you also want to start with something that's reproducible. And um, so that that comes into play when you're thinking about live versus video as well. Because if I'm, if I'm thinking, you know, we're going to find 10 great communicators, great pastors, you know, to lead all these places in yeah. 10 years. Okay, well, if you can do that, fantastic. But right. 
that tends to be the issue with live, you know, teaching and preaching for these locations, you know, one church location models is finding those people that can do that well and that stick around, you know, because you'll get, you might find, you know, somebody that is gifted in all of those ways. And then after a few years, they want to go do their, you know, their own thing. And so you kind of have to you know, understand and see all of the different variances that could and that are playing out in the other churches that are doing them and have been doing them for years now. Yeah, I think if you're if you're a pastor and you're listening and you're you're thinking about venturing into this this world, you're already in it. You know, one kind of kind of a phrase that we're we're always throwing around in our conversation is is it reproducible, mm-hmm. right? And and on the same on the other side of that coin we're kind of always asking, is it sustainable? Yeah. Is it sustainable? Is it reproducible? And is it sustainable? And, and I think if you, can, if you can create a philosophy of ministry, a philosophy of multi-site that says yes to both of those, uh, that's the lane you want to be in. Mm-hmm. You don't ever want to be in survival mode trying to sustain something Mm-mm. that you've multiplied too fast mm-hmm. or it's bigger than your staff or bigger than your gift set or, or whatever it looks like. And you're, you're able to kind of move in a healthy way mm-hmm. into those next steps as well. Yeah. And when you can, you, you can never, you, you, the term plug and play, you know, we, we hear guys say that. And you can never just like take everything perfectly from this place and perfectly start it in that. But you can do that as, as best you know, to your ability, prepare for that transition. And so that's the thing that we've been doing for the last couple of years is kind of preparing ourselves to be able to take this ministry. This is how we do this ministry. And Mm so we can take this person and he can step in or she can step in and she can run it because it's all on paper. And this is, this is the process to, to how to do that. And that is kind of now, okay, a plug and play ministry. We've, we've kind of figured out what that's going to look like. And then there's going to be some ebb and flow based on where it's at and people you're dealing with and kind of context. And we, we get all that, but you know, the, the important thing is that you, you want to reproduce who you are and you're not trying to recreate the wheel with doing things differently and it looking different and it having different, you know, worship styles, music styles, or, or, or this and that. And that to me kind of gets into a, a more complicated, um, and maybe not sustainable down the road. Okay. So I've got a lot of questions. Okay. Okay. So why did we land on Bearden and, and yeah. specifically that community in Knoxville? Well, it's funny because um, I went to high school in Knoxville and actually, you know, playing basketball there, I actually hated Bearden, you know, (laughs) (laughs) mostly because we lost to them in the region championship game and we were up by, I think, 10 points going in the fourth quarter and just had a meltdown and I don't want to get into it and Mm -hmm. I feel like I've overcome that, but it's another podcast episode episode dealing with your past. Um, (laughs) So, you know... It is, it was a journey, really. It was really just kind of being in that area, you know, several times uh, through the course of a year and just kind of feeling like, man, this, this is a, this is an area of Knoxville that is growing. This is an area of Knoxville that just feels dark to me. And, um, and, and so I had conversations with, with a couple of different people at that time, just friends and talking about the area that knew it well and, and, um, just really started to have that burden. Mm. And, um, that's really where it stemmed from. And so kind of 
out of that, then having conversations about, okay, well, let's, let's look at it practically. So we did demographic studies and we right. did things like that to really try to get a gauge on, well, what, what's the community really like? Yeah. And so when we got that back, it was kind of like confirmation. It's like, wow, okay, this, this, really, could, this really does need more churches. Mm-hmm. And this really could be a, a, um, you know, a vein that, that the Lord is actually working in. And then, you know, and then as you do that, then you got to you you really need to narrow in if you're actually going to make this step you've got to have a leader and that was kind of the thing for me like finding the right leader to lead the initiative because it can't be just me as the lead pastor and so you have to have somebody who is going to lead that initiative and and you're going to have to budget towards a staff person so you know, you don't want your student guy to all of a sudden wear the multi-site hat, and now he's leading the student ministry, and he's trying to focus on a multi-site strategy. You just can't do that. You really have to have somebody that's focusing on that strategy, and it takes time, and it takes energy, and it takes conversations, and so you do get busier, mm-hmm. you know, when when you do this. It complicates uh, all of that, and so Going back to your question, uh, kind of veered mm-hmm. off there, but the, the reality really just comes down to a, a, a you know a, a presence that you a sense that you get from God that this is a direction, and as you take those steps, those doors continue to open. Yeah, and um, I, I will say, you know, this this started three and a half, four years ago, yeah, and so we're just now doing it, and so. In my mind, in my you know my conversations with with different people on staff, it's just been this this feeling, and so I've had a lot of time, you know, to process and, and a lot of time to pray through it, and a lot of you know energy towards where does God want us to go, and then finally, you know, with the right staff member, and mm-hmm. then with the right you know budget, and we've saved up for it over the last couple of years, and so then God opens up a door, and it's yeah. just like okay, this this is this it's time to. It's time to go. This is the right season. <laughs> this yeah. is the right season. Yeah. And so you mentioned we did the demographic studies, you know, and mm-hmm. it kind of highlighted some of the things that you were feeling about the area that mm-hmm. kind of gave some some kind of objective bullet points of, yeah, okay, this is a, mm-hmm. this is a church that does need another um, or a new gospel presence or a church like ours. And and uh, and then you know one of the one of the stats as we're doing research, one of the stats we ke- keep coming back to is that people don't really drive over 30 minutes to church mm-hmm. in our context. Yeah. You know, it might be different in bigger cities, and, yeah. and but in our context, that was it. Yeah. And so we began to look around and in our database and who is living in this zip code we want to plan in and around this zip code. Mm-hmm. We had over 100 people already who were living there who mm-hmm. were driving 30 minutes or above 30 mm-hmm. minutes to... Um, you know, to church on Sundays, to to drop their kids off on Wednesday uh, Wednesday nights, their yeah. students off, yeah, and, uh, and and driving into Maryville for small groups, yeah, you know, and so um, I, I that was you know, a big part. That was a big part for sure, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so 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 to to kind of fast forward us a little bit here, as you're praying for it, you know, um, you know, uh, the right leader comes uh, on the team, and you've been saving up for this this next work you've got a a base of people now you're beginning to cast a vision mm-hmm. right so how did you begin to cast a vision to our church that okay 
this is the right time to mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and what kind of response have we seen kind of through the process? Well, we, we, like, like you just mentioned that, that was a big part. We've got people coming from that area, mm-hmm. but we didn't have any small groups meeting in that, that, that area. And so, you know, we, I just felt like we're going to move to that area. And I wouldn't say that we're going to do that for every location. And I don't necessarily recommend and what that. what do you mean? We, you, my family, your moved. family moved to that <laughs> yeah. area. Yeah. We, we moved to that area because I wanted to start a small group in that area. And, and, and there were some other reasons for school and that kind of thing at that time for our kids that it also kind of made sense. So it all right. kind of aligned at that time. And so we moved into that area and we started a small group and, you know, we just, we, we just gathered people that we could gather mm-hmm. in that area at that time. And so that was, that was kind of, you know, one of the, the, the next big things that we did as we were thinking about casting that vision. And so which gave a little bit of credibility to the fact that, hey, this is like legit, we're going to do this, and this is the, the direction that our church is going. Yeah. And so that also kind of gave those folks that were living and, and gathering with us this idea that, okay, we, we're going to be a part of this, and yeah. this is, this is going to happen. And, and uh, so that brought a, some momentum to the, to the whole idea. But as you, as you cast that vision, you know, you're... You're really trying to convince people in a city who they care about their city, they care about what you know you're doing in their life and in their kids, and that's kind of their focus. And you're trying to get them to expand their worldview to care about another city, right? Another area. Yeah. And you know, honestly, some people aren't going to care. Mm. Um, they're gonna they're gonna not necessarily be against it, mm-hmm. but they they just you know that's great for mm-hmm. them. But they really want you know our this location and this to to continue to do. And you know that's I think that's just part of it. You're gonna do your best to convince them and say, look, this is a worthy cause, a worthy challenge. Here's why the Great Commission says this: We're going. Things are going to move. Remember how we started. Remember mm-hmm. that you know someone sacrificed for us so that we could be here, so that our kids could experience this. And now we're doing something to start and create another uh, church that's going to be able to do that in somebody else's life. And so, for the most part, if they love Jesus, they're gonna you know that's gonna resonate on some level. And and I think that casting a vision is kind of just dripped into various sermons that you're preaching throughout the the previous years. And so, you know, when it's when it's a small comment here and there, not necessarily a sermon series, not necessarily one sermon on why, but it's kind of just, you know, consistently, you know, as an example or as an application. And this is why we should think about you know, starting a new location because God could honor this and yep. God might want to lead us in here. So we've got to pray about that, right? That's always where it starts. And so we, we were asking people to pray about this really intentionally two years ago when we first started casting this vision. And all we said was, pray about this. Right. We have no idea what this means or what this will look like, right. but pray about it. And so you know, we got our, we, we allowed our people to kind of start processing it through prayer and, and, and to wrestle with it at that time. And, and so that was, that's really kind of how it started. Yeah. And so 
when we venture into this multi-site conversation, I mean, that's the why, right? And yeah. that's the how. Mm-hmm. And next episode, we're going to talk about the what. And I've got a ton more questions, and I can't wait to, to dive into what God is doing, not only here at Foothills Church, but how He encourages what is happening here to, to see churches planted and locations started really all over the place. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we're about, the busy pastor. Let's be busy with the right things. Thank you for listening to the Busy Pastor Podcast. As we close today's episode, we want to invite you to do a few things. Join the Busy Pastor community today by going to busypastor.org and filling out the form. You'll receive more free resources, starting with our Fab Five resource, helping you determine the five things only you can do. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Busy Pastor. If you like today's episode, subscribe to the Busy Pastor and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. For more resources, join the Busy Pastor community by going to busypastor.org. The Busy Pastor podcast is produced by Andrew Lindstrom, video production Jake Tipton, audio engineer Brian Papik, music by Brandon Sharp, and graphics by Zach Shaddix. See you next week. Until then, let's be busy with the right things.